There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action this week is Kate Wells, the president and CEO of the Children's Museum of Phoenix. Welcome, Kate. Thank you so much, guys. Happy to be here. So, Centauri, I know that you don't have any kids. Uh, do you go to the Children's Museum? I do go to the Children's Museum mostly to see Kate. Um, and they have this really fun program, um, which is where they have, uh, what is it, like adults night out where you, they shut down the museum and in the evening there's drinks and you get to go be a kid for the night, which is always super fun. Um, but it's a really cool space and I, I love being there. Yeah. And Kate, my, uh, my, my oldest James is a huge fan of, of the children's museum and so am I. So, um, awesome. yeah, we love it. Uh, so we are having this conversation on June the 23rd, and we are in the middle, the beginning, or the end of, of the quarantine. Unfortunately, I don't think anybody really knows. Depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. It okay. depends. <laughs> so, sometimes even within our own families, I, yes. I, I've, 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 I've heard. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I just... Just to kind of a throw it out, Kate. Just a big general, general, huge question: How is how is everything going for the Children's Museum? Well, they are definitely uh, challenging times, George. Thanks for asking, um, and I appreciate you actually having us having me on because I think a lot of um, there's lots of talk about businesses out there and how they're making their way through this, and I think nonprofits and arts organizations in particular. Um, you know, we're having a really challenging time and the Children's Museum is um, unfortunately not immune to that challenge. So um, we've been closed now for three full months, um, which is hard to believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, we closed. Um, we, we thankfully we got our, our annual gala in on March 7th, just under the gun. And we closed one week later to the day. Um, and so it's been a little bit over three months. And, um, you know, we are, um, you know, we have a staff of about 100 and uh, we've done pretty extensive layoffs and furloughs. Um, We've um, done like what lots of organizations have done, which is we've pivoted um, because obviously if we're not open, we have zero revenue. Um, So it's been a big change. And I think also, you know, the work that we do um, with families and young children and helping them make sense of the world around them um it's really needed more than ever right now and so i know myself and my my staff and uh for lots of arts and culture people out there you know we're we're hurting and not being able to you know serve our missions so um, it's a challenging time that is uh probably an understatement so was it now? I'm 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 gonna signal the fact that that I'm ignorant, but everybody who listens to the show certainly understands and knows that already. Well, um, you, you, nothing you, new. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> did did I uh, did did you guys make the decision to 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 close, or was it mandated? We did. We made the decision ourselves. There, I there have been um, not not a lot of mandates have come down. Um, we actually have had a, a pretty big lack of direction from from the state. So um, we made a decision early um, because we 
you know, our museum is very, for those of you who haven't been to the Children's Museum or ever to a Children's Museum, um, I would say all of our focus is um, hands-on, um, you know, learning, and also social interaction is as, part, is as important as hands-on learning. So the two things that we really, um, we thrive at um, and that we really encourage in children um, is, are two of the things that we absolutely can't do right now. So we closed early, actually. I think we were probably the first arts and culture organization probably in the state to close. Um, and at first, we thought we were just going to kind of regroup and figure out what our cleaning procedures looked like and in lieu of things needing to be even cleaner. Uh, because as you know, George, it's already pretty darn clean. We have a pretty uh, intense sure. cleaning regimen already. Um, what we could do, how we could you know, create some distance. Uh, we could never have imagined, you know, three months later, we would be announcing, uh, which we did last Friday, that we were actually going to continue to stay closed for the month of July. Um, mm. So, um, you know, we um, what we thought was going to be something kind of short term and just as a as a um, as a momentary pause while we figured out, you know, best way to move forward has become like this. What does what does moving forward look like, you know, long term? So it's really challenging. Kate, I have a um, just thinking about the nonprofit sector in general. So you guys were had your big gala March sixth, which is probably around the time I went. I think my final one of the season was the TFA one, which was I think was the same week right before everything right. shut down. So right. you got your big fundraiser in, which is great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is what is one fundraising look like for you now? And two, what do the other organizations do now that things are just essentially those those big galas are gone? And I right. can't imagine those things come back this year. I think it's going to be a long time, actually. Um, you know, it's been really amazing to watch some of my other nonprofit leader friends. Um, and I'm going to re I'm going to overuse the word pivot. I, that's going to become the uh, innovation from last year. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Like, what's the, what's, um, you know, on, to move online, um, to, you know, kind of rethink how they're doing business. I think a couple of them right after things closed down were pretty successful in moving things online. And of course, your your most loyal, um, most loyal donors are, you know, super um, sensitive to the fact that you know, big fundraisers fundraisers are are not going to happen. But, um, you know, they it, it goes back to us having the debate in the nonprofit community always about you know, whether big fundraisers are, um, are really the smart way to go because so much is dependent on one night. Thankfully, you know, it's a, a, a small portion of our earned or unearned income portfolio. I mean, it's still really, really nice to have that cash influx, you know, the seven days before we closed. Um, but, you know, I think long-term, a lot of organizations are gonna have to rethink those big events and those big one-time splashes. You know, we we've looked over the years about whether or not we want to continue doing it. And unfortunately, there's a lot of, of companies and businesses. It's not so much individuals, but businesses. That's kind of the way they give. Um, they're happy to buy a table and the individuals that come are happy to buy a, a silent auction item or two. So they're definitely worthwhile. Um, but we always question whether those companies would give the same amount if it was just a straight up. If you didn't have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, like parties are fun. I mean, Centauri, you, know, <laughs> you and I have certainly uh, 
um, gone to our fair share of parties together. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's when you, when you, when you're, when you get into your thirties and you stop going to bars regularly, well, some of us stop going to bars regularly, (laughs) (laughs) you you know, uh, galas and, and fundraisers, some of, you know, and, and all, all kinds of all the different creative things that different organizations do, they become a social outlet for people. That becomes also. the scene, yeah. A bit of the scene for some people, it's really the scene. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a you know kind of a big shift about uh, you know in the future about you know how we look at those as, and what part of our percentage of our portfolio as fundraisers those are. But George, you asked, I digressed. You know, talking about how was happy to talk about parties. Uh, talking about how um, fundraising has changed and how donors have reacted to this. And, um, you know, being in the arts and culture sector, um, you know, the irony here is that when people are home and when they're, you know, feeling low and feeling disconnected, the first thing they do is turn to the arts, right? They're listening to concerts online. They're watching their favorite musicians. They're doing these, you know, art projects where they're, you know, reenacting, you know, fine art uh, uh, paintings. And, you know, people are really turning to the arts right now um, for their mental health. Ironically, donors are um, not seeing arts and culture as essential services. And, um, you know, right, you know, there's a, a big move to, um, we've had a couple of donors pull back because they, they need to get to social um, services right now, which I get. I mean, we need to put food on the table. We need to make sure people have jobs and, Kids have computers in their home, um, but um, as a result of this, and understandably in some cases, um, there's been a pullback from some of these um, essential services of you know people's mental health. Um, so it's it's interesting, um, and it's an interesting place to be right now. I mean, we're getting leaned on very very hard by families who need educational um, content for their young children. Um, and I have it, you know, where we we have a six million dollar budget, the Children's Museum, about one point two million of that comes from donations. The other four point eight comes from um, from us, you know, having being open and people having memberships and buying tickets. Oh wow! Yeah, right. And we make four million of that four point eight million between March and August. Oh um, my goodness! Right, I know. So. Um, we're a loss loser, um, you know, from really September through February, um, minus a few couple weeks over the holidays. So, um, so we're looking at a, a massive, massive shift in our budget. Um, and, uh, you know, looking for creative ways to navigate that, you know, um, paying our, our bills, our fixed bills, but also still providing, um, some, uh, content for parents who, 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 you know, rely on us for their young children. So, and Kate, what does that uh, what does that pivot? What does that content look like? Is it virtual? I'm, I'm curious about how does a very yeah. hands-on entity go to not being hands-on? Right. I know. We well, you know. So we've done um, two big initiatives. Um, one is we call them the, the dailies, and they're in English and in Spanish, and they are on all of our social media platforms. So whether you're a Facebooker or whether Insta is your jam. Um, we have, um, uh, content every single day. Um, and like I said, in English and in Spanish. And so they, um, are little short 30, or I would say 
probably 60 to uh, 60 second to two minute long videos and there's educational content and they're typically ideas for families to do things with materials they already have in their house so they might be you know mixing um you know oil in plastic bags with food coloring and doing color mixing um it might be um, using straws or milk cartons to make percussion instruments. So there are ideas of, you know, here's things you have in your house already. Um, here's how you can take that and make it an educational moment for your child. So we do those every day and they're fabulous. And our staff is, the PP, our PPP loan has helped us keep staff on that is creating those videos. And then, so really the hands-onness comes from materials that people have in their houses, right? And we're just giving them the ideas and the inspiration to create that uh, those hands-on activities the other thing yeah it's super fun um and the other thing that we're doing is on this time of the year um the children's museum is a huge huge uh uh summer camp engine right we have hundreds of kids that come to our summer camps every year and families are really missing that so we have something called camp in a box and um it's awesome it is an it's a a online and hands-on uh combo so what happens is you sign up and um, we have this phenomenal online platform that has videos on it they're already pre-taped and also two um, time of day live components so you're checking in we have like a campfire every afternoon and we have a sing-along in the morning so your your, your kids are checking in nice. online and then um, right prior to the week's camp starting you either have a, a camp in a box literally a box delivered um, to your house, or you can pick it up at the museum. And in that box are all of the uh, materials you and your children need for the entire week to do all the camp activities. So there's arts and crafts materials, there's STEM materials, there's potions and um, and construction paper and glue and glitter and um, and there's even bags of s'more making materials so that when you have campfire every day, um, your kids can make their own s'mores at home. Nice. Um, so it is the combo of this online content. So they're connecting with our playologists and um, this at-home, you know, component, so that they can still get their hands dirty and messy and and uh, and explore materials like little kids need to do. So yeah, so Love we're it. doing. Yeah, it's super fun. So you know, we're still um, we're still creating that uh, hands-on experience of of learning but at home yeah nice you are, are 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 you getting pressure from some parents to reopen we are actually we we've done a couple of surveys and um we some kind of wanted to understand um from our our visitors and our members what was you know important to them what they were thinking we uh, sent a survey out to about fifty-seven thousand of our best friends wow. and Got a, yeah, we have a pretty big mailing list. We have about 380,000 um, kids and families visit the Children's Museum every year. Um, so um, our volume of, of, of little humans through our space is pretty high. So our mailing list is, our registration list is pretty huge. Um, we got a, a couple of thousand responses back and um, we, about, about 67% of the people that responded said they just weren't ready yet and they were kind of waiting to see um, what the next couple of months held. Um, and then we had a very, very, very enthusiastic group of families who were willing to come back. Um, and then um, we had a group of, subgroup of them that were 
uh, very opposed to any uh, new measures the museum might take um, to ensure people's safety. Um, and so based on the some people not ready to come back yet and the group of people who were ready to come back and were opposed to any uh, safety measures, just really didn't feel confident opening up in June with kind of that, that data set. And then as you know, as we get closer to July now, um, with numbers spiking, um, we feel like it's in the best interest of the community right now for us to stay closed um, and wait till the numbers are on the downslide. We actually have a, a medical advisory panel of five doctors. A couple of them are from uh, Banner and a couple from Children's and then a couple of them are just pediatricians. Um, and then also one from um, the, um, the Southwest Neuro, uh, uh, Naturopathic um, College because we wanted to make sure we had a wide range of voices being heard. And all of them unilaterally have said, um, we need to wait. So we're going to listen to our experts, our local experts who we have relationships and feel confident in, um, in, our, in the museum and in the community's best interest. So we're, holding, we're, we're, uh, we're gonna stay closed now through July. Got it. Yeah, you just never know what you're gonna get. You, you, you ask the questions and, and people get back to you and I, I, I guess, Obviously, it's important to uh, to take into consideration all different points of view, and I guess it shouldn't surprise me that you are actually you actually got people coming back to you to say, "No, we're not interested in having our kids wear masks. We're not interested in whatever it might be," but they were actually opposed to increased safety measures. But but kids are resilient, I guess, Kate. So no more yeah. no more hand washing, no more uh, hand sanitizer. Let's just let's just have at it. <laughs> oh, that's actually yeah yeah as you know uh, I, I i i pick up the sarcasm in your voice because that's um <laughs> yes we have some really great activities actually that are really fun to um kind of show kids firsthand and actually some adults need this lesson too about how germs spread and i know this is the horrifying thought to some people but if you take glitter right um and mm. you put a little sneeze of glitter in your hands and you um, go about your your day um, and don't wash your hands and don't wash any glitter off, you can see where all that glitter gets deposited all over your house or all over your office or all over your museum. Um, and then if you take a different color glitter and you glitter sneeze on your hands and then you wash your hands for 20 seconds, um, you see that, uh, um, that, that glitter spread is... Uh, significantly decreased <laughs> yeah but but let's That's be honest a cool Kate, experiment. Yeah, that right? glitter never ever goes away and it will always be with you for the rest of time <laughs> and the only thing more powerful than than disease and germs is actually glitter so well you know there's a whole group of um of people out there that think glitter is sexy and that um mm. you know and love glitter and so think that that glitter is a good thing to have around for all time. Okay. So, well, yes. Kate, I, yeah. I understand what you're saying, but there's also a group of people that are opposed <laughs> to uh, that, that are opposed to different health things too. So there's a vein popping out of George's neck right now <laughs> that is like he's just teeth are clenched and he's having a little bit of anxiety. I can, I can like, hear it in his voice. <laughs> you wanna you you wanna piss me off? Give me like a, a card, a greeting card of some oh, kind with oh, with with know. glitter on it. Ooh. Yes. It's like okay. Good to know. Thank no, you. No. no. So, yeah, so it's fun. And, you know, we're, 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 even though we're closing July, we're really, you know, uh, looking forward long, you know, short, you know, kind of midterm, like what does reopening look like for us? And then 
what does this look longer term? You know, like uh, trying to imagine what this looks like a year from now and two years from now. And um, will will things go back to quote unquote normal or um, or will this kind of change the way people um, use arts and cultural facilities, you know, moving forward and how we think of, you know, big gatherings. So we're trying to look in our crystal ball full of glitter um, theme here, right? And um, and kind of you know make sure that we're um, you know long term uh, going to be able to serve the community. So um, lots of um, generative ideas coming from our board and our brilliant staff. So and we're always happy to hear from the community too about them. If you have any great ideas, yeah. Well, I certainly wow. appreciate all that, and I, you know, I, I guess I guess the term is that that I'm glad to hear that. You've got a medical advisory panel of five doctors, and obviously you have a board, and you've got a great staff, and you're taking any cues that are coming from state and local government, and just trying to make a good decision. It's just, I mean, your 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 museum, your facility is so extraordinary, and it's so hands on, and we're talking about kids, so I just don't. I would probably be more open to going earlier than my wife would. I just can't, you know, she's, she's going to be very hesitant, uh, to, to, to go anywhere. Uh, and I'm sure that that's probably the, um, uh, that's probably not uh, unique to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I think that the masks, um, mandatory mask wearing, um, is, um, it'll be really interesting to see how that, um, if, and if, and how it changes the dynamic, um, of the spread of the continued spread. And, um, also school, a lot of schools are coming out saying they're going to, um, they're going to um, require that masks be worn by kids. Mm. So I think that there'll be a shift, um, um, coming up here pretty soon in, um, kind of how we view mask wearing and the regularity in which, you know, uh, families wear masks. Um, certainly if you've ever been to Asia, which I've spent quite a bit of time there, um, it's very commonplace, um, whether it be because of solu- uh, pollution or because of um, viruses. It's very omnipresent in lots of different um, big cities. And um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see how America adapts. Um, and I think that moving forward, that's, a, you know, for the Children's Museum, um, I think the combination of mask wearing and that, even, that you know, kids can be carriers but aren't getting as sick from this um that if we can keep them from spreading it via mask wearing um we um you know might be able to you know reopen with some you know combination of you know, extra cleaning and mask wearing and um yeah so we'll see yeah time will tell it always does right yeah yeah nice all right so what else Centauri? Let's see. Uh, I think my last question, Kate, you kind of touched on, but it was about your staff. What's morale like? How are folks holding up? Kind of what's the general sentiment about among the people that are still there? Yeah. Um, thanks for asking about them. Um, you know, we have a I, I, I would I would go up against anyone saying I have one of the you know top teams um, in the entire state, if not the country that we're very um, thoughtful about who we um, bring into our children's museum family because they need to go along with our fabulous exhibits and be awesome and epic as well. And um, we definitely have a team. Uh, I don't say that we're all extroverts, but we have a, a group of people that, you know, love being around other people and love working with children and families. So I think this has been really hard on them. 
Um, the other thing that we get to do is we get to be generative, you know, almost all every day in our jobs. And so, you know, we've been really focusing on how we can um, continue to um, look for opportunities and create and um, and and share our creative spirits with um, our community. So I think that's kept us going. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's feeling like a bit of a slog now, I think, for for everyone. Um, and, you know, we just recently, um, you know, furloughed, we, we did initial layoff and then we've uh, furloughed a pretty big, uh, part of our team. So, um, it's, um, it's, it's starting to, you know, it's, I think it's scary for people it's, as a leader. Um, you know, it's, it's very, um, it's kind of, it's, it's not kind of, it's totally gut wrenching to have to, um, make decisions about people's lives like this and their livelihoods. And, um, so it's a, I know it's not about me, but, um, but it is, I think really hard for our whole, senior leadership team to have to make these decisions. But that being said, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, in a couple, you know, down the line, um, how, you know, COVID is COVID and also, um, you know, talking about um, the recent protests and the increase in conversations around race and equity um, and how the museum is perfectly, perfectly positioned um, to respond to all of these, um, you know, big challenges we have ahead of us. And um, so I think that that's giving our staff a lot of hope that we can be part of a lot of solutions, whether they be public health or social justice um, or, you know, and teaching and helping teach the next generation of kids about, you know, equity and, and fairness. And um, so I think that while we're all kind of bummed out right now, uh, we also see our mission as being all the more important in the future, and that's hopeful. So that was a long, long-winded answer. Um, but no, I think that that's that was excellent. a good answer. That I love yeah. that. I think, I think we're feeling hopeful. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. A lot of opportunities, and the, your the Children's Museum is so great. Uh, so if people Thank who are you. listening have have not been, well, by all means. Uh, go right now you can go online and check a lot of the resources and if you have kids um get signed up for those dailies get signed up for the camp the camp in a box because that sounds sounds excellent i know that uh that with our kids we're always looking for new ideas um and everything you just described sounds great with the exception of the glitter which is ridiculous (laughs) Um, i'll get them some kate don't worry yes every child needs glitter in their lives um you don't want to yuck their yum george do you know that 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 um that statement no uh -uh. don't yuck my yum oh yes this is my family motto um is that as an adult or as a friend or as that you shouldn't tell someone else you shouldn't pass on your yucks Mm. Um, to someone else's yum. So it starts with food, right? You don't, don't ever, you know, you don't say like, oh my gosh, I hate liver and onions, which I actually do. Um, because someone else might not try it because you've just yucked something that might be their yum. So we have that, like, I don't like to camp, um, but I still want my kids to be exposed to the great outdoors and camping. So I, I tried not to yuck their yum. And so anyway, don't, 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 don't turn them off a of glitter just because you don't like it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, George. Okay. So I'm going to go back through a couple of things. You, uh, you, you, you had me at parties are fun. You had Uh me at playologist. You just Mm -hmm. lost me with don't yuck my yum. And you totally lost me with you stopped going to bars in your thirties. 
<laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I went through and recapped, and I appreciate I you it. giving me an additional don't yuck my yum. So, Centauri, don't don't yuck my yum, dude. Uh-huh. I got to... it. I, I get it. Right? It. <laughs> it was awesome. awesome. Kate, Kate give, us, give, us, give us the website. Um, www.childrensmuseumofphoenix.org. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Follow us for sure. Check out those dailies. Um, and um, we, I appreciate you guys having me on so we could talk about all the fun things that we're doing for the museum to keep us going and uh, helping us look forward to the future too. Yeah, excellent. So right now we're we're um, you're planning to stay stay closed through July and then just reevaluate as 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 kind of stay fluid. Yep, we're looking for a, a consistent uh, decrease in number of hospitalizations. That's what we're we're all as a community should be uh, um, should be rooting for. So yes, all, right, all wear our masks, right? Exactly. Centauri, you got your mask there. I have multiple masks. Also, Good. if you want to see the most entertaining thing, watch the mask debate unfold on my Facebook wall. Enjoy, oh, yeah. you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, there it is. Perfect. Well, Kate, <laughs> thank awesome. you. Thank you again. Thank you, guys. Right. I look forward to seeing you one of these days. Yeah, in person. indeed. Yeah. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, as always, for listening. Go to www.childrensmuseumofphoenix.org. We'll list that in the notes of the show. Again, check out the dailies. Take advantage of the camp in a camp in a box and as always keep questioning because the struggle is real before i go quick announcement i've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do i start a podcast that i've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.